0: So Today, we're talking hormones. We're going to talk the four most important hormones we think most people need to understand in order to live better, look better, and perform better. If you're like most people and you want to look better, feel better, and perform better, you should check us out at rdftrainonline.com. When you get there, you're going to see all kinds of things that we do specific to nutrition, performance, and basic health and fitness. We try not to get too deep into this episode on the topic of hormones because they are complex, and we're not doctors. We've just been around, and as the guys from uh, the insurance company say, we know a few things because we've seen a few things. When you're done listening, if you have a few more questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can go to rdftrainonline.com where you can email us or call us directly. Again, that's (laughs) rdftrainonline.com. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation, and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I had this message that came through the other day from somebody I know pretty well, he was reaching out about, uh, well, when I opened it up, it was like a picture of a supplement. And the supplement was a quote unquote testosterone booster. Hmm. And it's a uh, plant-based testosterone booster. And, uh, the, the message, uh, uh, that came along with it was, was like, Hey man, what do you know about this supplement? And I go, and will it help me?
1: Is and, it, was this I, the Joe Rogan, like, Tungus no, no, no,
0: no. no. I, it was, I don't want to get into brands and whatever else, but I know this guy pretty well. Like, and he, he's a researcher, right? Like, and he, he is uh, he's sharp. Like, he, he, he's going to go and he, he's going to ask questions before he just does something on a whim based on one person's advice or whatever. And, and to be clear, I actually know this guy from the firearms uh, side of what, what, what I do and, uh, and from that group. And he's highly knowledgeable. Like I go to him, I've gone to him several times for, for questions specifically on, on, uh, on rifle optics and stuff. Cause he, he's kind of been around the block several times. He, he nerds out on it. So I'm looking at this thing and i go the, the first, again, it's like, Hey, what do you know about this? And is it going to help me? And you know, I think I need to raise my test levels my testosterone levels. And I go, hold on a second, where did you get this? And why are you doing this? Then he tells me, well, I'd gone to a supplement spot. Now, this is also somebody I know from, and he said this person had recommended this because he'd gone in there and asked about pre-workout because he wasn't feeling energetic when he was walking into his workouts or out of his workouts. So he felt like, man, I need a little pick me up. The, the extra, you know, latte or whatever cappuccino that I'm doing isn't getting me what I want. I'm just kind of feeling run down when I'm going into the gym. It's tough to kind of get up, you know, for the workout so to speak. <laughs> we didn't get into that. The other getting up that actually came up later, but
2: the he goes, up. I'm
0: going in. He, so the guy goes in for a pre-workout and he walks out of there with a testosterone booster. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, hold on. I go, talk to me. I have about 75 questions before I answer anything from you like that I'd like to know about before we get there. And here's the thing. I just find it really interesting that, I mean, I work with some and work out with and train with some highly skilled, like highly educated, high achievers. Most of them are most because that's who I surround myself with. Like I, I I don't, I don't want to be around people that are lazy or complacent or have their hand out. So I'm hanging out with people that are, they're kind of pushing themselves and pushing the envelope all the time. And this particular guy knows a lot about a lot of things. He's a mechanic um, for very high level shit. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and knows his way around a way around things. Uh, he knows his way around firearms way better than I do. Uh, and so that's, he's at a very high level and immediately upon feeling like he's behind the curve somehow, he's reaching for a bottle. He's reaching for a powder to push up his, either his performance from like a, an amped up, you know, uh, response to, you know, I need to also push up my testosterone. And he's doing that through powders and pills.
2: Is he trying to get there faster versus taking? I just think
0: he's just looking for a solution. And there was, it, what, what strikes me about this, when I have these conversations, I'm like, you're such a high achiever. And you have so many things going for you. And you, you've gotten to this point in your life, yet you have no earthly idea how your body works. And again, I'm obviously... Very biased. I I say that all the time. I'm biased because of my background and my experience and and the things that I've done in my life. But people coming into this that have they have zero clue how their body works. And that's okay. And that's why we're doing what we're doing here and trying to help people understand how to make better decisions for themselves so that they don't go down these rabbit holes and and reach for things that aren't ultimately going to help them. And maybe they give them a little bit of a boost or whatever that is. Maybe it's just a placebo and that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Hey,
1: whatever. Maybe it dumps you down the road for, you know, for worse off,
0: but you know, it it immediately, it went from, (sighs) I need a performance supplement. That is in, in again, the pre-workout to hormones. Now, I've spent a long enough time in this business where I've spent tons of time around hormones. I have my own personal experience with going down the rabbit holes and doing things and taking things over the years to try to write my own, you know, sort of balance. But there's this thing that really aggravates me and that is people blaming their hormones for the problem. So I didn't have to ask 75 questions. I only had to ask about five to quickly kind of analyze and, and I guess evaluate that, bro, maybe we need to address your lifestyle here. Maybe this is a lifestyle issue. Your hormones are a symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found myself trying to educate him on how those hormones work and the light bulbs were going on. Like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And I didn't know that I should ask that question and whatever else. So that's what I want to do today. I want to kind of high level talk about the hormones that basically are some of the, what I would consider the most important ones for you to understand. I As mean, You don't have to be an expert at this. I am not, either of us here or none of us here are doctors or physicians, endocrinologists, anything like that. I don't claim to be, I am not going down deep rabbit holes and I'm going to do my best to very best to stay inside our lane today. And I encourage you to, to do the same, but this isn't rocket science, the stuff that we're going to talk about today. And what I think is really important is, is that people can walk away from this conversation and understand, Hey, if, if if there were four hormones that I needed to kind of really understand in my life, and that's where we're going to talk about that. We have four to help me perform better, look better and live better. And if I could control those from the outside, like the controllable factors that I have in my life to help me do all of those things, um, I would do that. So that's what I encourage people to do before they start looking for pills and, and, uh, serums and blood testing and all that stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and so that's what today is. So let's talk about, you know, the first one on my list, and this is the one that I think most people want to talk about when it comes to performance and feeling better and that is testosterone. And again, that goes back to the supplement that's testosterone booster. Let's just talk about the hormone in of itself and what it does. I mean, Jeff, you want to you want to tackle that real quick?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, testosterone in males, um, it's, it does more than just building muscle, right? That's kind of the biggest thing. Is oh, men's on testosterone, we are we're building muscle, right? Mm-hmm. But it affects mood. Um, it regulates a lot of things that when you don't have, you become unhealthy. Like I've I've have my own struggles. Um, when I'm in low T, I'm an asshole, right? I'm I'm not good. Um, I have a lot of brain fog. I just don't feel like I'm working mm-hmm. properly. When I'm on my TRT, I feel phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I feel. A very good well being I know we talked about this the other day,
2: physically and emotionally,
1: yeah, oh. just um yeah, it does a lot of balancing for things that uh can 't really yeah i mean there's so first off,
0: I think things that people would really relate to really quick is like low libido, if you have low libido it 's highly likely you 've got you know what we 'll call it a uh, low testosterone or maybe we can refer to it as estrogen dominance. And we'll come back to the estrogen thing a little bit later. Also, um, you find it really hard to lose body fat, right? Mm-hmm. No, no matter what kind of calorie restriction or how you adjust your exercise, your diet, you just seem to have a really tough time losing body fat. That could be a symptom or a sign of, of having low testosterone. Testosterone helps you from an anabolic perspective to burn fat, build muscle, and or maintain, if that's what you're trying to do. Um, but you mentioned like the brain fog piece. Um, from a brain function perspective there are interplays with other hormones and uh, if your testosterone is low or not at, not being regulated let's just say it's all over the place it can impact a lot of things like how your body processes food uh, utilizes carbohydrate how it utilizes fat your sleep patterns things like that so it's without getting too again too far into the rabbit hole it is a it is your you know, Part of your basic sex characteristics, you know, men have. There are two. <clears throat> uh, men have more testosterone than than women in general. However, um, what we found is is that's that uh, you know it it doesn't it's not necessarily like how much you have; it's how regulated it is. So we can we can talk a little bit about that. But you know, as far as the the, the testosterone goes, like it, it is your it's, it's male sex hormone, right? Um, and it is a steroid, right? So that we can define it as that as well. Um, but it's part of a lot of other processes outside of your basic sexual function. Um, but we already talked about some of the symptoms. Like if you're, if you're low on testosterone, things that you might, you might feel are as a male would be like low libido, increased body fat, um, the fatigue you might have. I mean, brain fog would be one of those sleep disturbances, not being able to, to get a good night's sleep. You know, one, one thing to talk about, and you hear this a lot in the bodybuilding world is like tender breast tissue, like in male, male, male breast tissue, we both mm-hmm. male males and females have it, uh, gynecomastia, gyno as it's referred to, uh, if you notice the sensitivity around your nipples or around your, um, around your, your, you know, what would be considered breast tissue, uh, that could be a sign that you have low testosterone, or again, you have, you're, you're not, you have too much estrogen, as mm-hmm. uh, the other side of that, we'll get into the estrogen thing in a minute, but it's <laughs> important to also note that females, Need testosterone as well. I mean, uh, they have like five to ten percent of the amount of men in general. That's kind of the general thing, yeah. Testosterone. Um, But if they're low in testosterone, Mm -hmm. there's also symptoms there. So, dudes, and we know there's a lot of you listening because you know the majority of our listeners are are males. But here's things that your your significant uh, female significant other. Could be <laughs> could be experiencing, and one of those might be aggravated PMS symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like if those if those cycles are starting to get like uh, really really uh, uncomfortable and they're increasing over time, that could be a sign that you have uh, uh, low T or you know, too much estrogen on board. There's not a there's not a balance. Um, erratic like uh, cycles,
2: um, not regular cycles. Yeah, mm-hmm. menstrual
0: cycles not regular. Heavy water retention and bloating. Like that's some of them are like, gross. dude, that's me fucking every time. You know, he's yeah. I, I like, that's me every time. Like, what are you talking about? Low libido as well. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your testosterone is low, you, you know, that sex drive is going to be low. A few other things. Sugar cravings mm-hmm. uh, is another one because uh, we're looking to offset hormones in there. Your body just kind of naturally does that. Hypo or hyperthyroid. So some thyroid things can pop up because there's interplay between those hormones. And then the other things, brain fog, mood swings, depression.
1: Mm-hmm. one.
0: I want to talk about that one because, you know, as we're, as we're going through and people are, um, you know, experiencing things in life, like they go through stress, right? They're, they change jobs. They've lost a significant other. They're moved. They've all those like big life-changing events. Uh, and with all the stress that people are feeling and their inability to deal with it, or, you know, all the things that are piling on sort of a, a, a uh, externally depression is pretty pop pretty popular we just talked about it on another podcast as being one of the top 10 uh basically well it's the, actually the number one reason for disability uh depression in the united states like it's mo- it's mind-blowing right so it's a big deal and if you're feeling all these other things that we just kind of mentioned whether you're a male or a female fuck i've been there
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're depressed mm-hmm. like you feel depressed but depression is a symptom Of other things, the low testosterone or estrogen dominance is also a symptom of other things. You can't just put it all in depression. Jeff, you and I were having a conversation sort of off air about that. You wanna you wanna talk about
1: that whole depression and and uh, medications and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I I when we have a lot of men that have depression, I for me I see a lot that are just jumping to the doctor. They get on some antidepressants nothing changes, nothing happens, right? Other than the negative side effects from said uh, antidepressants. When really their lifestyle shit, they have low T, they don't even have a number, they haven't gotten blood work, but they're, they're not in the know, right? Um, so what we were talking about is just trying to get males to understand like where's my baseline at a younger age? just getting blood work done throughout your life and understanding that, you know, around age 30 testo- testosterone starts to dip and we're even seeing it super early now with uh, what's going on with uh, access to porn and a whole bunch of other things that uh, we don't, don't have to get into. But um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what ends up happening is because you're feeling all these things, doctors <laughs> are prescribing these SSRIs and those actually impact testosterone production and can make your situation worse. Mm-hmm. So uh, you may be depressed, but if you offset your your hormonal balance, or sorry, reset your hormonal balance, would you feel better rather than taking taking sure. a drug? So it's a misdiagnosis.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, We've had uh, Dr. Bob Porzio on the show before, and he's talked about this as this being a misdiagnosis. For it's not sure. depression. It's a hormonal imbalance. And what we're doing is we're just kind of piling one on top of the other. So something to think about if you're out there, this works for, this is the same for females. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. this, this hormone is important for females as well and important to, to understand. So, you know, those are, those are the things you might be feeling if you do have low testosterone um, or you are finding you're imbalanced. And again, so they're one way or another, you're imbalanced. And I don't want to talk about numbers because the number, and if you talk to any sharp or smart uh, functional doc or anybody who's working in the world of hormone replacement therapies, they will tell you that the number doesn't matter. It's
1: a spectrum, dude. It, it is a spectrum
0: and it depends on who you are, how you feel, what your symptoms are, um, uh, how you're testing and whatever. And they'll also tell you I don't I don't prescribe based on numbers. I I prescribe based on the symptoms and if we're improving or not. Now and then once you've done that for long enough, they can kind of figure out maybe what your sweet spot is if well, you Well as
1: you know, right? You mm-hmm. put someone up to 500 test that's never been there before, right? Yeah. Let's say their baseline was a little lower, 400. And now they're trying to hump everything and they have, <laughs> right. no, seriously, they start to have like, you know, they want to go cheat or they want to go do other things. Like it, it drives behavior. So it's, if you're taking the smallest amount to get the result, why would you go any further? Yeah. Right. And so I think that's where you're, you yeah. know, it's not about this number 750 or, you know, I was 800 here. It's like, no, how do you feel now? And, and what's going on with your body?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because more is not necessarily better. And there are, well, there's not a lot of, Danger in having a high level of testosterone. There is danger in having low levels of testosterone, and we've talked a little bit about that. Um, you know, just in sort of the, your your health stuff that can lead to depression. It can also lead to heart issues. Um, it leads to low drive just across the board. A couple of things. Um, you know, you were mentioning numbers, and we talk about exercise and the importance of give your body the the most effective, efficient dose that it needs mm-hmm. in order to make change mm-hmm. without overdoing it. Um, and again, in the world of supplements and weightlifting or, or working out or whatever else, and now we're talking about testosterone, well, then more must be better, right? More is going to be better. Not necessarily. So, yeah, in terms of sharing some personal anecdotes, uh, there's a couple things I've found. One is that initially... I was going through a really rough, so this is how it came up for me. It's going through a really rough time. So um, when I say rough, I mean, it was rough for me. That's relative for people. Uh, I was working, I was building a business. Uh, I was working probably 70 to 80 hours a week. Uh, and that's not fucking living in my mom's basement and my job being stressed out about my job as a fucking barista at Starbucks. I were doing some, we were doing some important things there were financial decisions being made. I was training several clients a week, working on different projects, you know, I was, I was stressed from a work perspective, right? I was also, I was combating that stress with exercise. I was working out a lot, like two hours a day, but at a very high intensity level. Um, I was probably engaging in some behaviors. Not probably, I was engaging in some behaviors that I shouldn't have been engaging in, like trying to stay social to stay distracted. Um, and also I wasn't, so, which led to, uh, drinking too much. So it was alcohol kind of intermittently throughout the week or and regularly, uh, which was impacting my sleep patterns, you know, working as much as I was working, I was up at 4am, not falling asleep till midnight or later, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and you know, just juggling a lot. And what I started to notice was things were happening. Things were happening in my body. Like one sex drive is non-existent, like just wasn't there. Um, I was starting to put on body fat, even no matter how hard I worked and worked out and what was going on with my uh, with my diet. But what ended up happening for me was I started to see some autoimmune stuff start popping up. I started to get hives, I was starting to get these wild rashes. I started to feel temperature issues, like internal body temperature issues. Things were happening. I was like, okay, something's up. Like, and by the way, I was about 37, 38 years old when all this was going on. It's about 10 years ago. Here's the point. The point was. I went to the doctor and I don't want to get too far into this rabbit hole with the testosterone thing, but I, I was not addressing my lifestyle, right? Which was, I needed to be working less. I needed to be working out less. I needed to be eating more. I was not eating enough. Uh, I needed to be eating more protein. I wasn't hitting my protein needs. I certainly wasn't getting enough sleep if I didn't mention that already. And, um, I needed to be doing things in my life to sort of downregulate the, the, the psychological and emotional stress I was going through, by the way, what I didn't men, men, mention in there was going through a divorce. Uh, so huge, lots of stuff going on. You start piling that stuff on. It was, it, it piled up. So I go to see an endocrinologist, uh, cause I'm like, I want to go to the person that deals with hormones and stuff. Like I'm, I'm thinking I have an autoimmune thing based on my symptoms. And, uh, so I go to this, this, uh, this endocrinologist does tests across the board. He goes, no, you're fine. Your hormones are fine. Um, and this was based on numbers, right. And values. No, your hormones are fine. Like I was barely registering on the testosterone level, by the way, I don't even want to get into that, but he's like, no, you're okay. I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm okay. Like, (laughs) all right. Well, I didn't flag outside of what he considered the normal range. So I was fine there. He goes, you must have an allergy to something. So we're going to take, put you through all these allergy tests. So I go and I do the pinprick test on the back. Like they do like 50 needles Mm -hmm. in your back to see if you react to anything. (laughs) React to
2: anything? I
0: react to everything? Nothing. I oh. reacted to nothing, right? Meanwhile, I'm still getting these hives and, and crazy business and whatever else. um So that they rolled that out. He's like, well, there must be something then in the supplements that you're taking that's creating this. You know, it's creating this problem. That's where he went to. So interestingly, the doctor went to the supplements. Right? He goes, something. this is your problem. You're taking something, and and it's and it's impacting you, and that's what's creating this problem. I knew this was wrong. Like I was like, whoa, whoa, dude. Don't number one, don't tell me I'm normal and I'm fine. I would not fucking be here if I was fine. So secondly, now what I found interesting is he went the same direction like somebody else would go to find the answer. He was yeah, telling he, me that was the problem. <laughs> right. Long story short, I went through a very long process of figuring of going going through my own uh, HRT stuff, right? And it initially started out with all being managed by numbers. And effect when they started, they were giving me not enough. Like I, so you were going back to like, you need to, you know, you need to offset. Okay. Well, your number's here. So we're going to give you this much to get you over the hump. Well, that just fucked me up even worse. Cause all that did was downregulate my production, even that much more. The body's like, let's say the number was 300, right? That's what we were trying to get to. And I was at one hundred and fifty. So they're going to be okay. They're going to give me, you know, 150 on the back end to try to balance me out to 300. That's, that's where we want to get you to. Well, that was just enough to shut down my own production. By the way, supplements will do exactly the same fucking thing. Right. So, so that, that shut me down. So guess what was happening? My symptoms were getting worse. I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. So then we went the other way. So it's like, well, let me ramp you way the fuck up. Well that, so he started to ramp me up. Right. And, and, and put me in a, at the other end of the spectrum, you know, now I'm coming back with work's like registering at like 12, 1300, you know, oh, yeah, on, the, on, you know on total and my, <laughs> my freeze up way up there too. my free testosterone was up there. Bottom line at the end of the day is like, now I'm, I'm, I'm like, immediately I felt good. But over time, what happened was, is my body's estrogen level. I was aromatizing that shit, and mm-hmm. it was turning. So my estrogen was continuing yep. to climb. It was too much for my body to handle. So I went through this whole, whole back and forth. It literally took years to kind of figure this out, and get with the right person or the right doctor, or physician, to help me through this this problem. It which was a temporary one. It just wasn't being handled very, very, very appropriately. It's unfortunate. It was. Yeah. It was very unfortunate. So, but the whole time we were. This goes back to the numbers piece. The number doesn't matter. It's how your body is responding, and everybody has their own sweet spot. And so, if you're if you're looking for a supplement to do this for you, understand that if you don't understand where you currently are, and you're not you are not addressing, I'll, I've said it. We've said it so many times. Your eat squared plus E, mm-hmm. eating real food, adequate uh, micro and macronutrients. Right. You're, you're the type of diet that you're eating. Are you eating fucking carnivore? Are you eating vegan. Are you eating anything in between? Like what you're doing there will absolutely impact all of this, mm-hmm. right? So that's important. Whatever you've chosen to do, that shit matters, right? And then what are you doing from your sleep and stress management piece? I already told you in my, in my I was a total shit show. And then on the exercise piece, I was also a shit show because I was just overdoing it. My body needed less exercise. But until you've addressed all of those things, trying to find a balance to your t- to your testosterone through anything other than what I just mentioned, those things. Piling on, uh, piling on uh, HRT or piling on supplements is probably not going to be very helpful. You know what that endocrinologist never asked me. Oh, I. I. <laughs> what kind of foods do you eat? Do you have any issues with your gut? Not one time. Like, what surprised me? Talk, talk to me about your diet. Never asked me about that. Talk to me about your exercise. Never asked me about that. Never asked me about you know what was going on in my life, like from a stress perspective. And never asked me about sleep. Really?
2: About, no. Not any of that One fucking
0: question. Wow. By the way, this was, quote unquote, the
1: guy, right? In the Silicon Valley. I've been to Come a lot on. of the guys in Silicon Valley. The and I guy. find out the guys are actually... The worst. Not, yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to give them... I didn't want to say the worst, but like they just weren't the best right. for me. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so the, again, going back to the testosterone thing, it's a super hot question. And people want to say you're low T... Or they're low to you. It must be low to need I need HRT. And it's becoming much more mainstream. It's much, much easier to get.
1: You're right? seeing all the saliva tests online and on Instagram and all that. And look, and- it really is. It is easy
0: to get. Before you start going there, trust me, because I've been through my own pathway, until you address your other shit, this is not going to get better for you. It 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 might make you feel a little bit better, but it
1: isn't a long getting down to the root. It's not a long. It's not a good long term strategy. You have to mess with everything that also messes with testosterone. It mm-hmm. all has to be in balance, right? Because that's the delicate
0: balance of the human body. Is like once you start fiddling, for lack of a better term, with one system, it will impact other systems. And if you're not paying attention to those and you don't have a good baseline for what those are uh, or what that, that current state is for you and what you'll never know what normal is supposed to be. So when it comes to testosterone and, and how important that hormone is, it's, it's important and uh, very important. And if you're feeling some of the symptoms that we mentioned, it could be as a result of that being low for sure, but address it through lifestyle, Mm -hmm. right. And, and diet first and exercise is included in the, in that, in that lifestyle piece, right? You need to be addressing those things there, um, before you, you get, you get crazy, but that leads us into the next one, which is estrogen. And I already suggested like the estrogen dominance piece. So, I mean, by default, if you're low on testosterone, you, it makes sense that you would likely be estrogen dominant. This can happen for both males and females. Mm. Unlike
1: me when I tested I didn't have either. <laughs> they were like Talk you about have not. So I went in and I did my test and uh we did the uh cell the spectrocell, uh-huh. right? I got some stuff back that I didn't like my test no uh, levels were really low. Estrogen was non-existent. Um I forget what uh I forget what else was going on. Um it wasn't This is seri- we're going back a couple years. Yeah, this was about f- Four years ago? Dude, COVID's fucked me. Three, Four, three, three like years ago?
2: 2018. Yeah.
1: Yeah, something like that. So I did that test and I got with Dr. Bob. Um, and at the time, I was a very lean, ripped individual that had a lot of muscle. So you just looking at me, uh, Dr. Bob was even like, dude, I don't think you have low T, right? <laughs> I was like, no, trust me, I, I do. Um, we did the test and it just came back. I didn't have any estrogen. I didn't have any uh, testosterone. Vitamin D was extremely low. Um Vitamin D, K was low. Mm -hmm. Um, How are your Bs? My vitamin Bs are solid, dude. Uh, Minerals were solid. But just looking at it, um, I was just very depleted in a way where I felt like shit. I looked great, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't have any of the bouncing effects. And I never really have for my body, which is, it's nice. Yeah, so the...
2: What do you mean? Ba- balance. So
1: for Scott, when you know, for my individuality, when I'm I'm not really taking a uh, inhibitor, mm. right? Um, my estrogen doesn't spike. It, I don't. I'm don't playing the balance game. Oh, right. When yeah. I'm okay. with Doctor Bob, my blood work and estrogen are is everything's chill, and I'm not taking what he's prescribing for, like Clomid, and, yeah. and et cetera. I didn't. Mm. So
0: I didn't. I didn't cover that. But part of the yeah. issue when I saw the endocrinologist was I saw my testosterone levels like near the bottom. It was almost like, for lack of better term, it was almost like not registering. It almost, it was like a point away from flagging low, right? But my estrogen level was very, very high. Mm -hmm. So any estrogen or any uh, testosterone that I was producing was aromatizing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And aromatizing for, for those that are listening is basically that that it should be. So we use estrogen to make testosterone, right? And if we're not doing, if we, so if we don't have enough, like we're not going to produce that, uh, and so the, my, my body was aromatizing it into, sorry, it's not estrogen. There's, there's just so, several forms of estrogen, mm-hmm. estrol, estradiol, things like that. And so basically those biochemical process, it turns into to a testosterone. I was not doing that. It was turning it into estrogen. So it was aromatizing that created a lot of the issues that I was dealing with. And so what we had to do was find an answer to bringing up the estrogen or excuse me, bringing up the, the testosterone while also not having that aromatization factor. Um, and there are things that you can use along the way uh, that can help with their anti-aromatase that will help you prevent you from converting into estrogen. Um, I, I just want to go back to the supplement thing real quick as it relates to estrogen and testosterone, if you are already doing that, if you're already having a problem there and you're putting in a, a, a a quote unquote testosterone booster, you could be making your situation a lot worse. So again, going back to the balance issue, he alluded to, he was alluding to, I did not cover that, but that was part of, part of my issue. And so we had to figure that out. Initially, that's why they made, made the situation worse. They did it through, by the way, prescribing a cream, you know, like a gel, uh, that was a, like the worst fucking thing they could have done for me was give me that because it like it's almost you get like nothing from it. it. It's basically <clears throat> it can be described as like taking birth control for, uh, as a female. Like it gives you just enough to suppress what you're what you're you would be producing mm-hmm. so that it keeps you from, again, getting pregnant, <laughs> getting mm-hmm. pregnant. But on the, in this case, like it was giving me just enough to suppress the very little bit that I was already producing. And it right. just made it just was a cascading effect. It was a it was a nightmare. So anyway, going, going back to the, to the estrogen dominance thing, there are things that can lead to estrogen dominance, right. Or low T that are outside of just not producing enough, enough, enough testosterone. Um, you know, with that, uh, the, the, there's environmental factors, you know, we've talked about this before going, going back to the foods that we eat and, and the, the micronutrients or macronutrients or the lack thereof that is, that are, that are in there. There are, so there are, again, there's like your diet is going to affect this and you, you need to address this. So these, this imbalance will elicit, um, other factors like insulin sensitivity or, or resistance that going back to not being able to lose body fat. If you have a high amount of body fat, right? You're, it, you're less likely to be producing, uh, testosterone and more likely to produce estrogen or that balance be off. So think about this, maybe this is another way to kind of think about it. Like our body is, the body is trying to do kind of the first primary response for, or thing that your body is supposed to be doing. Like we take this way back is supposed to survive. So if you're in a position where you are, let's just be honest, you're overweight, you're um, not active. You are, let's just say not healthy. Your body's going to shut down all the things it should be doing to reproduce. Right. Or be active because it, it's effectively you're you're on the backside of, of you're dying. Right. You're you're useless. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going like we got to keep you. We got to keep you alive. So we don't want you to we don't want you to procreate and reproduce. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, we're shutting down these functions for you. So that's that. I mean, you could think about it being that way. So if you're overweight and inactive and you have other metabolic disorders, your body's not going to produce a bunch of testosterone, mm-hmm. you know, to drive.
1: Yeah. Procreation. Well, so to right? your point. Right. <laughs> The fatter I am, the more aromatization I'm going to have, right? Because it happens in the fat cells. Right, correct. Right, so something to think about like
0: you're 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 low t and you want to lose body fat well lose body fat and see what happens to your, t- exactly. to, your to your testosterone so this goes back to estrogen as well because they're, they're, there's a fine balance there yeah. so um we we've talked about this before like and we talked about this and again that you squared eating real food and the things that you know could you could be onboarding if you're not doing that could create you could be taking things into the body that could be creating stress on the body and, infla- and creating a, a pro-inflammatory response uh, which could become chronic, which then is going to impact testosterone and, et- and the estrogen balance.
1: And you're, you're talking about food, right? And when we when we look at you know these girls that are doing long term diets and cuts, right? What happens? They stop having a period, right? Right, their menstrual cycle stops,
0: and that's because they stop eating fat, right? So fats are super important in, in terms of testosterone production and et- well, and estrogen production. Yeah. We look at the precurs- precursor precursor, I and cholesterol really is yeah. the you know, it's the primary driver food. of that. There are other things that go into that. But you're right in terms of the diet. So the diet's super important. I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because we we could stay on it for yeah. a long time, but you're right. Fat intake is important for for hormone production and balance.
2: So is uh so is decreased stress. Because if you think about stress and how it's related to um, other parts or I guess your endocrine system as regarding, you know, um pancreas and your hypothalamus and then your adrenals as well.
1: We'll I get to cortisol, see. Oh, we'll I get know. there.
2: But, you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: no, you're no, she's Talking right. about stress. Uh, yep. We have to downregulate that stuff otherwise your body is not going to want to upregulate your sex hormones. It just isn't going to do that. Not at uh, all. So you're you're playing like this this game of tug of war, you know, in that sense. Um Environmental toxins, things that can be you know onboarded through the things that we drink, the things that we eat, the air that we breathe, they there's no doubt about it. they impact us. Obviously you may have more or less control over some of that stuff, but you know there's things you can be thinking about there. But uh, you know the, 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 the chronic or prolonged stress is probably one of the bigger drivers uh, of this uh, you know for most people, which then leads again a cascading effect of increased body fat, low libido, low energy, depression, all of that stuff, these are things that are going to lead into, you know, uh, these cycles, big cascade, a, a right? big cascading effect. So again, if you twist one dial, that's going to impact other things. Uh, so just, you know, again, with the, with the hormone stuff, understand what, what the testosterone, and what the estrogen do for you. And it isn't, it isn't magical, right? It isn't magical at all. And there's a balance there for everybody. And, and to, you know, offset that, here's some of the things you could do. Number one, exercise. More specifically, lift heavy weights. Yep. like that, that that drives an anabolic process and it drives the increase in testosterone for yep. males and females. Yep. That's a great way. The other thing is eat real food. We talked about this. Get your adequate micronutrients. Um, manage that stress and that sleep. Um, but on the exercise piece, like do more weightlifting. Lift heavier. Maybe less cardiovascular yep. work but not necessarily less in terms of, of total, like you can, you can still be doing that, but the intensity of it, that it's a, that's more of a catabolic type of uh, metabolism versus the anabolic um, uh, signals that are being sent from the lifting weights. So lift weights. Um, And, you know, if you're on a bunch of supplements or a bunch of other things that could be up or down regulating certain things, I would suggest getting off of those, you know, try and find, you know, try and find some normalcy for a while kind of cycle out of that and then, uh, you know, get your, get your diet right. And the last thing you can do is certainly you can reach out for help. There are people out there that, are, that can help you. Now, there are some that do a better job than others. I've, I've just given you my example of how mine started out really rough. This is kind of moving into the world. This is for males and females. Uh, the testosterone-estrogen balance and why people are going to see their doctors. It's moving into the world of urology. That's probably the next level of where all this stuff goes to from my understanding. Um, there's money to be made there. Right. A lot of money to be made by both pharmaceutical companies and also the doctors. So you want to be careful about that uh, and, and kind of where where they're where they're bringing you on. The old adage used to be or the old kind of process is, well, we'll put you on the gel, the cream for a little while. We'll see how that works. And then, you know, they, go straight to my butt. Then, then you are going to get you're going to get. Whoa. <laughs> you're going to get some options. You can either go pellets or injections. Right. And, and the pellets and injections. I don't want to get into all that, but they both they both have their pros and cons. Um, and, but you want to get somebody, if you want to get somebody that wants to see you sort of on a, on a regular basis, particularly right from the beginning, if you're not seeing them every couple of months, right from the beginning, then it's a red flag. Yeah. And, uh, you want to get somebody that's talking to you about how you're feeling and the symptoms that you're feeling, as well as talk to somebody about all the other things that we just mentioned, which are lifestyle, diet, exercise. Cause if you're going to see somebody that doesn't, doesn't, uh, address any of those or respect any of those. You probably got the wrong doctor. Um, they're just going to be managing based on the numbers. And that could be helpful for some, but I think over a long-term, it's not a good long-term plan. Um, so think about that. All right, let's move on. Let's move on for the sex hormones. Let's get into let's get into insulin. Uh, people are going to be like, oh, fuck, we got to talk about insulin again. <laughs> yeah, because it's probably, outside of the two hormones that we just talked about, it's probably the most important, uh, one of the most important Uh, hormones in my mind for you to understand as a human being Mm -hmm. and and what it does. So uh, let's talk about insulin and and what it does. Cece, you want to, want to handle this?
2: So, um, well, I don't know. Is it fair to repeat what we said earlier (laughs) um, in a a conversation that we had? So when I think of insulin, I think of insulin um, as the key to unlocking how your body utilizes glucose in the bloodstream. So um, we have um, glucose receptors, on throughout our body and uh sorry, insulin receptors throughout our entire body, all of our organs. And so that insulin is going to allow our body to process the food that we consume into blood sugar and then allow our organs to utilize that for energy.
0: Yeah. So if 50% or more of our diet is made up of carbohydrate, right? And that's the majority of the United States of America, right? If we're, if we're looking at things, insulin's fucking important, right? If we're, if we're putting that much sugar in, right? Or we're putting, and we've covered this on other podcasts. Sugar is not inherently bad. It's the quantity of the oh. sugar that we're putting in and what generally gets onboarded with that, that sugar a lot of times. What are the additives? What are the other things that come along with it? Uh, in the foods that generally contain this processed or additional sugar. But more importantly, it's the total number of calories. Mm -hmm. So all the calories are getting brought on. So if you're constantly putting in too many calories and within those too many calories comes an excess amount of sugar that puts a tremendous amount of stress on the system Mm -hmm. and how that insulin reaction works, that coming from the pancreas, which is the organ that produces and secretes the the sugar or the, excuse me, the insulin. Right? So, what's important to understand is, is like a, a strong sensitivity to insulin is extremely important. When I, when I put food into my system and I don't want to talk just about sugar, I want to talk about food. When I Mm -hmm. put food in my system, all food demands some type of an insulin response. Mm -hmm. So what we want is a, is a regulated insulin response. So your body recognizes that food is in there. Insulin then gets released it then tells and then it knows where to take those those nutrients uh, and shuttle them in order to do the things that they're supposed to do whether it's to be stored as energy whether it's to go to the muscle to help rebuild tissue whether it's to go to the other organs of the body including the brain in order to maintain and regulate your neural system your endocrine system your immune systems all of those things it is uh, as you uh, articulated before it's like the key to that unlocks the, the things that it's supposed body's to go into. Body's ability to use. Your body's ability to use The brain
1: stuff. is so strong. It doesn't even want insulin. It's like, dude, I'm dependent. Right. I'm taking all of it. Right. Yeah. It's so much of your brain,
0: it, it runs on sugar. Yeah. Right. It runs, it runs. Think, what,
1: you need 200 grams for a basic function a day.
0: Yeah. Like it, well, depends on how basic you are. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think
1: a uh, hundred for me is good.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so think about that. I mean, think about the, the, all the implications of, of what that, that is. So people out there that don't, or haven't really, they know, like they know somebody that might be diabetic or, uh, you know, pre-diabetic or whatever. Let's talk about what happens when, um, we onboard too much food mm-hmm. calories and we onboard too much sugar chronically what happens. So basically you're overstressing the system and there's, because there's already tons of sugar in there, right? So what happens is, is your body will start to down-regulate the pancreas as, response to the sugar that's in the bloodstream. It's like, we have so much in here. Like I don't have to work as hard. It's already there, but you can see where that'd be problematic because in the key keys aren't provided to unlock certain things. Well, if it's not, if it's not unlocked to take and transport that sugar Mm -hmm. to where it needs to go and there's excess sugar, well, your body has Mm -hmm. to do something with that. And lo and behold, at the end of the day, it'll get stored or it'll be, it'll be converted. It'll be converted. If whatever can't be stored as sugar will be converted into a fatty acid and it will be stored as fat and fat cell. Mm -hmm. So just look around America. That's what we've got going on chronically right now. It's too many calories and this is what's happened. And so what happens is again, you downregulate that your body's sensitivity to that insulin or the insulin response starts to downregulate and your body is not good at unlocking those things. And now obesity sets in that sets off a cascade of, of events, Mm -hmm. right? There's other things that are going on with the with the onboarding of too many calories, too much sugar, you know, too much fat, too much protein, for that matter, where we start to distress the gut, we start to distress the uh, the or the digestive system, we start to uh, upset the transport system and the utilization system, and then things make it into their blood bloodstream that shouldn't be into the bloodstream. Our body downregulates things like testosterone. We'll get into cortisol in a minute here. It turns into a shitstorm, right? And we become fat. We our 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 blood cells become or our blood vessels become hardened. Mm -hmm. They become blocked, and ultimately we become as we're becoming overweight. Things become unhealthy. We become unhealthy. So there's heart disease sets in, cardiovascular disease sets in, diabetes (sighs) sets in. That is the extreme end. But what will also happen from a performance perspective if we're not managing our insulin? If you're not managing blood sugar in general, you everybody knows how that feels,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: right? I mean. If when your blood sugar gets low, how do you feel?
2: Like shit.
0: You feel like shit, you feel uh, tired, clammy. right? You, yeah, Shaky. you think you get the headache, right? You you're, Sometimes you, you
2: just got to go take
0: a nap. Yeah, brain fog, you know, you're not functioning. You, you just you yeah. know what that feels everybody knows what that feels like. Um and if they don't just don't eat for a day and see how you feel the next day like your 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 body needs nutrients. It's starving, right? So uh from an insulin uh you know regulation perspective, there is there's a lot of research, and there are a lot of studies. Like, how do we manage this the best? I mean, it's probably one of the more researched things in the medical industry. And it just anymore. keeps getting
1: worse, which is just baffling right. to me. Because
0: anyways, we we, we it, we're we're trying to find the right drug. We're trying <laughs> to find the right frequency. Dialysis of that drug. is
1: a very uh, big money maker. Right. Why we're, would you want to get rid of that? We're doing all of that stuff when
0: it really when it, when what it boils down to is proper intake of adequacy of micro and macronutrients and total caloric intake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're not managing your, your, your intake of calories uh, and the types of calories that you're taking in, it's, there's a good chance your insulin or your, your insulin response will not be what it needs to be. And again, what you don't want is your body down regulating that. That sets off a whole cascade of events. Mm-hmm. If you would like to increase your, your uh, excuse, excuse me, your insulin sensitivity, Without medical intervention, here's some things that you could do. work out, Mm -hmm. get moving, right? Challenge your body's uh, caloric burning needs or demands, right? So that's this one thing. Said it before, said it again, lift weights. Those send anabolic muscle building signals, which uh, turn on all kinds of, of cool shit in your body in order to help you be more healthy and become more insulin sensitive, right? You create a higher demand on the muscles for that sugar, for those calories, for that protein, for that fat to be fueled, you know, during, uh, when you're not working out and all those things. So lift weights, exercise, certainly doing some cardiovascular work, very helpful. Just make sure you're not using that as the primary mode Mm -hmm. or method of, of exercise. That's one way to do it. What other, what other things are out there? Eat Eat more fat. (laughs) Eat eat more,
1: eat whole foods. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to say, pull back from the carbs, get a little higher fat and higher protein diet. mean refined carbs, right? Uh, just in general I don't vegetables fruits um of course not i mean i you couldn't overdo those right but anything that's really giving an insulin spike and what we're to, what i'm talking to is the people that are overeating and they're like okay all of a sudden mm-hmm. i have a big issue pull back on the carbo- carbohydrates so it just lessens the demand on the body on insulin it lets the cell kind of desensitize itself again and you're literally eating protein and a higher fat diet Now i'm not telling people to go keto right but it's just giving the body time off of carbohydrates so the cellular sites can come back and the cell can now uh, it's like re- a sponge yeah well it can now respond to less insulin right and we can get back to a working functioning metabolism
0: yeah, I, that's a really good point, man. So it, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be forever, but reducing your carbohydrate intake for a period of time can be can be fine. I never advise that people completely cut out of macronutrients. No, not
1: at all. Never. And yeah. like you said, ever, we go through ebbs and flows and periodization, right? When you're in off-season, you might have a higher fat diet to bring the hormones back up. Depends and then in off-season, the, it depends, depends what you're doing. Depends on what the demand get, is. Yeah. yeah, what is my goal? What am I doing now? How do I... Provide for that goal down the road, right? Because I'm never in the same spot. So that's what that's. What, I'm glad that you said that because diet should never be stuck in one linear aspect, mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah, it is, it, you may be cycling things. Cycling calories, cycling carbohydrates is a little bit more of an advanced thing. Oh, but for, for sure. most people, getting started to kind of become more insulin sensitive and reduce starts with reducing body fat and getting mm-hmm. more getting more exercise. Yeah. Uh, so again, to you know, a couple of good things: eat real food start to reduce the total amount of carbohydrates you may be taking in on a daily basis or mm-hmm. at least, and usually it's too much. Yeah. Like, and, and again, it's not like when I say that, I want to be really specific. If we look at your total macro profile, you're mm-hmm. probably under eating mm-hmm. protein and fact, you're probably under eating and your total. macro profile is probably, you know, let's just say way off. When I say undereating, eating, under eating most of the time, there's going to be most of this. Either seven days in a week, there's three or four days where you're under eating, and two or three days where you're way overeating, right? And so we need to get that under control. And when you let's find out how many calories you're eating. Are you meeting your, your your daily need, right? If you're not, like, how do we get there? And and what combinations of things do we need to be doing from a macro perspective? And and oftentimes that means upping protein intake, and we can back off the carbohydrate intake because we're getting adequate. Adequate calories, and by the way, your body will convert protein into sugar if it needs it. If you have body fat to, to on keto you, keto like, and all that we, stuff, we, right?
1: you don't need that many carbs.
0: Yeah, so there's a reduction in in on in, in your intake in carbs. Maybe maybe a good thing to do, but you you never know until you understand what you're inputting. Mm. So that's that's another thing. Yeah, another thing. Start getting some fucking sleep. Like I guarantee, if you've got if you've got an insulin uh, sensitivity issue, uh, you're probably not sleeping very well. Uh, there are many reasons for that, but there's, there's, it's highly likely you're not sleeping very well. You're feeling stressed out uh, and that's, that's, that's impacting it. So, so examine your sleep. Uh, those are, those are basic things that you can, you can start with to start impacting uh, how your body deals with the foods that you're putting in specific to, specifically to, uh, to your insulin response. So again, uh, a high level. On insulin, kind of what it does, how it works, what happens when it's not working right, how to maybe to to get around it, and I think everybody could could uh, could benefit by addressing this stuff. When I say everybody, I mean the majority of the population, as we know through data, mm-hmm. can can uh, can benefit by addressing those those very basic things. Last one is cortisol. Oh. Uh, the uh, the right cortisol being the one that's like the, the demon, the devil, bad guy, yeah, right? The yeah, the devil cortisol. Um, I love talking about cortisol because what it, usually this is the one where the eyes get the biggest when I'm talking to people like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, it's the one responsible for stubborn belly fat, right? It's just Uh, the culprit. Right. It's every time it's the stubborn belly fat one. Uh, A lot of supplement companies try to try to attack cortisol with, uh, anti-cortisol supplements and, and whatever else. But let's talk about cortisol. Um, what is it? Yeah. What is it? So it's, uh, it's, it's a hormone that's, uh, it's a stress-related hormone, right? Now, I want to preface this by saying stress is good. Mm-hmm. So for those people listening, go, yeah, 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 I need to de-stress. Yes, you probably do. If you think that, then you probably do. But at the same time, uh, stress is a good thing.
1: Would a good, healthy workout be a stressor <clears> to you, that's Scott? That's a
0: good point. So, yes. So there's, a, there's an appropriate amount of stress, and then there's an inappropriate amount of stress, and that is based on the individual, right? That is not, there's not a... There's not, a, there's not a number to achieve there. Uh, there's not a good or bad. It's whatever works the best for you. So there are a lot, stress comes in many different, many different forms. There's self-induced stress. Workout would be one of those. Mm-hmm. There's external stress that I really don't have a lot, you know, I, I can't do anything about, whether that's weather, whether that's finance.
2: That's how you react to it.
0: Yeah, it's how you react to it, right? Things that, things that happen. So there's, there's those types of stresses as well. There's stress about the things that I put into my body. Right, yeah. so there's things outside my body. There's things inside my body. Uh, food, obviously, being one of those. Alcohol, mm-hmm. drugs, other medications, SSRIs, Sleep all uh, MAO inhibitors. All of those things they're all going to affect you, right? And particularly with it, with regard to to cortisol. What are the good parts about cortisol? Helps reduce inflammation. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cortisol is like your anti-inflammatory. Um, your anti-inflammatory doesn't help hormone. to regulate your
2: metabolism. It too. does.
0: Well,
1: it also helps your wake cycle if it's
2: mm-hmm. done properly,
1: yes. right?
0: So yes. yes. So there is a direct correl or there, sorry, Great not correlation. Right? There's a direct <laughs> interaction between cortisol and your thyroid, right? So we're not going to get into the thyroid today. That's a whole other that's a whole other game. But those guys play together, um, uh, and and when they're playing nicely, things are good. When they're not playing nicely, things are generally bad. But cortisol cortisol is the hormone we're chasing during our workouts. Yes, it tells. Like when you put, it tells the the uh, it tells the the nutrients, macronutrients, kind of where to go. Right at the end of the day, we talk about insulin being the key that unlocks the mm-hmm. door. We got uh, we have the the cortisol, which is telling them where to go. So during your workout, it's telling, oh, we need these carbs to get to work. Yep. Right in recovery, it's telling we need protein to get to work right now and do what it's supposed to do. We're all chasing cortisol in our workouts. That's the one that makes us feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day. The challenge with cortisol is, is if we're, if we are continually overstimulating the release of cortisol and that could be from like, again, that's your fight or flight response. So if I'm constantly Mm upregulated with regard to my stress, what's happening on the outside, I mentioned going back, uh, I was working too much. I was working out too much. I had, uh, financial issues in my life. I had uh, emotional and psychological issues in my life. I was tapping that cortisol button all day, every day. That's when the problem set in because when we're constantly um, basically tapping that button or sending that signal to release cortisol, cortisol um, begins to downregulate, right? And when that happens, then we start to run into a lot of issues. Um, and that's again, being the anti-inflammatory hormone if I'm not regulating that inflammation from all the other chronic things that are going on in my life or the things that have created chronic stress or chronic inflammation, I'm going to wind up in some trouble. So and, and hopefully people can understand that, that, that cortisol response is really important, but us constantly tapping into that fight or flight or tapping into chasing the cortisol yeah. feeling through workouts,
1: that can be bad. Yeah. Because what does it do? It breaks down protein to make glucose, right? So, we're now breaking muscle tissue down um, when we're constantly overstimulating this hormone, right? And you can get into extreme fatigue when you're uh, downregulated. There's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of hosts that can happen. Uh, secondary hypothyroidism, things like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the other here's the other big one about cortisol. Uh, cortisol will suppress your immune system. So this is interesting, like, especially during the holidays and, and, uh, you know, this time of year, like the holiday. So we're, we're, just kind of coming out on Thanksgiving while we're, while we're recording this today, but the holidays aren't necessarily a positive time for a lot of people. Right. It creates a lot of stress, um, for a lot of people. There's a lot of things going on finance, right? Like our mm-hmm. finance, like people are like, Hey, I got to spend money here. I got to do this. Fucking family. Dude. It gets crazy. You got family. I mean, every. I think most people can relate to, uh, the stresses that come along with it and you can call it, Oh, it's just part of the holidays, but it's fucking stress. Right. Mm. Um, and people wind up very sick during the holidays. I want to blame it on the weather and the cold and and whatever else. And we see this uptick in, you know, flu season and you know viral infections and things like that. Um, I, there's no way to really measure this, but a lot of that likely has to do with people being overstressed, right? And the suppression of the immune system. That's why, like, if you go out, like, if you're you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, right? And and uh, then you take a vacation or you take a couple days off, like you're just like burning the candle at both ends. You take a couple of days off and all of a sudden you wind up sick, right? Mm-hmm. Your immune system is just working overtime, right? It's working against cortisol to try to stay up, stay up, stay up. And then what you do is, is like all of a sudden you relax, right? And like, Oh, right. You let the, you can kind of let the air out and you sit down. Well, then cortisol down regulates a little bit, but your immune system does the same, mm-hmm. right? So, that you oftentimes people wind up sick, like right in the beginning, you know, of their kind of their downtime or after they've just been going, kind of burning the candle at both ends. A lot of that can be attributed to likely be attributed to, you know, that, that immune suppression and your your body's immune system being, being overworked or not being able to upregulate when it needs to, because it's just been downregulated through that, through that cortisol response. So that's a, that's another piece of this. There's a couple of the things that would make it sound counterintuitive to be like a fan of cortisol that you know that it does. Um, aside from suppressing the immune system, uh, immune system, it increases blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So again, that there can be positives and negatives to that. If you're in your fight or flight response, increased blood pressure is a good thing, right? Send blood, send oxygen, send nutrients to where it needs to go, so you can get the fuck away from that tiger that's chasing you. So that's 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 one thing. It reduces bone, uh, excuse me, bone formation, right? And it inhibits tissue building or, you know, anabolic building. Again, people are like going, wait, 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 wait. You said that was a good thing. That's what we're we're chasing during our workouts. Yes, to get nutrients where it needs to be for those things to happen. Mm -hmm. But if it, once that, yeah, but once that backs (laughs) off, insulin kicks in, sends the things where it needs to go and we have a good time, right? And we recover. But if we're chronically over overstimulating this, you can see where this becomes an issue. Not gaining muscle, maybe you have too much, maybe your, your, your cortisol response is too upregulated. Um, basically, over time, like significant fluctuations in, in your cortisol levels throughout the day are normal, right? It, it, when you wake up in the morning, right, cortisol goes up, mm-hmm. right? You, it's like, hey, let's get up, let's get moving. Uh, going back to, to testosterone That's and, and estrogen, uh, there's things to be said about vitamin D and the processing of that and what happens in the morning mm-hmm. and getting sunlight and that we mm-hmm. won't go down that path today. Uh, but it, it goes up. You, you get up, you feel ready to go. If you're chasing the dragon with uh, eight cups of coffee because you can't get up and you're just feeling like like, like shit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right when you get out of bed, regardless of how much sleep you get or, you know, you've, you've tried to dial in your diet. Chances are your cortisol response is is off, and what's happened is is it's 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 not going the way it's supposed to go. So what it should do is it should go up in the morning. It'll vary throughout the day, and at night it should down. dip down. If it's not dipping down, you are what we called we call tired and wired, mm-hmm. right? And it lot most people have you know adults have faced that at one point in their life where they they know they're exhausted. They've been burning the candle at both ends, going bell to bell, and they're laying there in bed and they're just restless. Mm-hmm. That could be an indication that your cortisol levels are not operating appropriately. So again, up in the morning varies throughout the day, spikes a little bit, maybe in the afternoon. Kind yeah, of comes it's the down afternoon
1: will spike and then dip a little bit at noon.
0: Yeah, and know. there's there's testing and things they can do to kind of look at this stuff. But like you know, if you're going to work out, great way to spike your cortisol, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and a lot of people do that in the afternoon. And part of that is 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 uh, making sure that you're not doing that too late at night. Sometimes that can really fuck you up. You know, if you're if you're having cortisol issues and you're and you're working, and you're not they're not being regulated in the way that we we talked about. If you're going to the gym late at night uh, and you're working out late at night, uh, it that could be that could a be it, could yeah. be an issue keeping you up at night. You need a lot sleep. of
1: carbs after that workout. Yeah,
0: so that's <laughs> a good point. Like, w- what turns off cortisol? Like carbohydrate turns off cortisol. That's you know, so when you're done working out, let's get the carbs, the protein, the fat in there. Uh, maybe a little less fat than the carbs and the protein.
2: Insulin
1: but. in specific down regulates cortisol, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. So a lot of interplay there. So without confusing people, just understand the importance of that cortisol, the the importance of not overstimulating that fight or flight response on a regular basis. So if you're pissed at your girlfriend, you're pissed at your, your wife, you're, you're, you're pissed at your boyfriend, your husband or whatever else, and your boss, and then you're not sleeping because it's on your mind and it's the holidays and you're going to the work, you work out and you just need to quote unquote, go to church and, and exercise the demons or whatever else. And so you're stressing yourself there and you know, you need to take the edge off. So you have a drink, you know, maybe that one drink turns into two and you know, and you're eating and, and whatever else, just understand that all that stuff could be negatively impacting your cortisol response. And no matter how much working out you do or how healthy you're eating may not be helpful. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving
1: a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.